go again. And we're live. We're live, but barely alive. Yeah. You guys tired? I'm always tired. Yeah. I mean, I'm actually, I'm good right now. I mean, I didn't do anything on Sunday. (laughs) I was exhausted Sunday afternoon. Yeah, it was so funny. You're welcome. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I get that every week. Yeah. He looked it up. What did, what did you say it said? Oh, I got, I I took a screenshot of it because it was so funny. Um, Here it is. It says, this is the well-known... So I, I looked up, why am I so exhausted after public speaking? Yes. So it says, this is the well-known fight-or-flight response in terms of public speaking anxiety. The body releases a pair of stress hormones, adrenaline, and cortisol. Our body doesn't distinguish between the causes of stressful situations, so Correct. facing down an audience releases the same hormones as facing Correct. down a wild beast. And I was like, you know what? That and you wonder sounds- when it's over why you're so exhausted. Yep. Right. Yep. Like, that sounds so accurate. So. But yeah. it was good. It was good. <laughs> I, I'm exhausted on Sundays when I get home. I usually go upstairs. Well, I, I don't get the luxury to hang, hang my hat up <laughs> because my two-year-olds no. are not nappers. So Not yet. Welcome to the podcast, hey, everybody. Now we're going to talk about our problems. Yeah. Wow. Uh, so That we don't get enough sleep. Yeah, we're all tired. and just Great fun. turnout last night, though. It was good. Yeah, we had a cookout at the church. A cook-in because cook it was in. rainy and yeah. nasty, but we had about 80, 90 people at the church. Yeah. It's a good time. Yeah, it's awesome. Again, I was chasing my kids, so I didn't really get to spend time with other people, but well, good time. Yeah. <laughs> it's fun. Still a good time. <laughs> so our whole premise of the podcast has been keep your nose in the book, and we've kind of yes. picked topics, which we're still willing to do, yeah. um, but we figured that it would be better to kind of set a, a, a picked a set topic yeah, and just kind of string along. So what we're going to do from now on, and we're, like I said, we're going to throw some fillers in and uh, like the next episode, we'll have some youth ministry hoodlums talking about youth ministry mm. stuff. Uh, Cause JP's going on vacation. Cause he's so tired. Vacation. I am going on vacation, but then you're going to need a vacation. Well, I, vacation. I'm not sure yeah. if it's a vacation, right? <laughs> we're going Stay with my mom. Yeah. Well, she's been staying with you for what? Two weeks now? Like I said, I'm not sure if it's <laughs> exactly. a big It's not a break. No. So. she No, she's easy. Yeah. She really is easy. So what we're going to do, we decided uh, we're going to spend most of the podcast going through the book of Acts. Yes. And uh, what's cool about the book of Acts is it is the acts or actions of the apostles. Yep. And right at the top of my Bible, uh, where it says Acts, it said, what would the acts of my ministry look like? What would the acts mm. or actions of Caleb Raymond's ministry or life, Yeah, what would that look like? And so that was kind of my first challenge question as we're talking about acts and diving in. To, um, what do you think the the acts, like if, if there was a book written about the ministry of your life, what do you think that would look like? Whoa. <laughs> It would start out the horrible acts. Yeah. Uh, you know. Um, yeah, that's a great question. I don't know. Dalton, do you have an answer? Um, Not off the top of my head. I don't know. I don't think it would look as good as this book, which Probably is scary not. to me. Yeah. I mean, I know I'm going to heaven. I know I have a spot there because of my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. But when you look at like how much faith and how much the apostles did, and how many people were impacted because of what they did. Yeah. 
it kind of it gives you something to strive for. Like that's why I have it written as a challenge right at the top of Acts. Every time I read it, that's what I see. Yeah, I mean, you know, as we're looking at the Book of Acts, we're starting to look, you know, studying mm-hmm. it from chapter one. Yep. Um, you know the the Bible from Genesis to Revelation is somewhat of a story. Yep. Um, I'm sure it does include all the things that happen, but it's very um telling on from Genesis to Revelation, you know what the story is. And the book of Acts in the New Testament, um, it's the fifth book in the New Testament, and it provides uh a a good understanding and it helps us uh it gives clarity to uh things that have happened. Mm-hmm. And things that should happen, right? <clears throat> Historical, and then in the future. And we, I mean, like when you look at the Book of Acts, and you're, and as we start talking about the, you know, the meat of mm-hmm. Acts chapter one, we got to remember that Acts is the continuation of a story. Yep. It's not just a standalone book. Um, there really isn't any standalone books. I mean, they all kind of intertwine. Yeah, but the book of acts is um well and important and, I mean, it, it it's, is it's one and, of the most it's one of the most important books in the new testament and i'll i'll give you my thoughts on that later yeah, i i made it personal by saying what would your book of acts look like but really the acts of the apostles the apostles at this point it's not just talking about the 12 it's kind of talking about the christian movement so really the 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 book of acts is written with a to be continued. So we're still writing the book of acts now as the Christian culture and church. And yeah, whether we're doing a good job in the American church or the Westernized church that could be debated, but we are still writing the book of acts technically. Yeah. You know, when we look at acts, we have to think about, okay, what was, what was happening? Like Mm -hmm. when you read the first chapter, right. You you know, it, let me turn there real quick. Um, when you read the first chapter, um, it, it kind of leads us from the four gospels. There's four gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Mm-hmm. Matthew, Mark, and Luke are considered what's called synoptic. In other words, they tell the same story three different ways yep. from different perspectives from the writer, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Okay. Matthew, tax collector, Mark. I'm not sure what he did. Well, it's I think it was a, it's Peter's account, but Mark writes it. But basically. Mark writes so it, it's and like, then it's Peter talking to Mark. But yeah, Luke, we know he's a doctor. Yep, right. So they who write, also wrote Acts. Acts, right. And so they're writing this book. John's a little bit different. John focuses more on the deity of Christ and the proofs of mm-hmm. his, his that godliness. wise yeah. God. Not that it's not excluded, but it doesn't explain the the stories like. The first three do. And so we have those books. And then we have this at the end of those three books, it gives a description of the entry into Acts chapter one. Mm -hmm. And so you have to understand those three as you lead into Acts chapter one and realize, okay, Jesus had just died. Yep. Right. He just rose from the dead. He walked around the earth for 40 days and was seen. And then after 40 days, he resurrects. 
or ascends ascends into heaven. And then right before he ascends, he he tells he tells his disciples, I want you to stay in Jerusalem for 50 days. Mm-hmm. So we got 40 days, 50 days. You can it's all documented here in the Bible. That's yep. why you got to keep your nose in the book. You read it and you can understand it. And so we have think about the disciples. They followed Jesus for three years. Mm-hmm. He's given them all these, he's teaching them mainly about the kingdom of God, right? The Holy Spirit wasn't on the scene at the time. When I say that, I mean indwelling believers. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, <coughs> excuse me. So they're following him around for three years or so. And then at the end of those three years, their best friend gets killed. Mm-hmm. They've left everything, families, jobs, everything. And then he says, oh, by the way, I'm going to be leaving you, but I'm going to send somebody else. Yep. It's better that I go. <clears throat> I don't know about you, but I would have <laughs> been like, uh, why? What? Yeah. I, I like having you What around. are you doing? Yeah. We've given up everything. And so Jesus in his earthly ministry, um, AD 33 or so is, is his death. So AD 30-ish. Um, so three years, three and a half years of ministry, preaching about the kingdom, what the kingdom's going to look like, what they're going to do. And the, the disciples even argued about it. Who's going to be greatest yeah. in the kingdom? Yeah. Who's going to sit on your right? Who's going to sit on your left? Like, And Jesus really kind of brushed those questions off. He didn't, he didn't really well, answer it, them. It, in their mind, it was still kind of political. It was very political. So, it was kingdom-oriented and political. Yes. And, and, and when we say political— we're talking about like the national Israel, the the, yeah. the the nation of Israel, and so even even in Acts, like uh, where I I feel like we'll probably spend most of our time is like six through eight or nine, but mm-hmm. six says so. When they had come together, they asked him, "Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom? Is this it? Is this the? Are we done? Is it over? Basically." And the reason they asked that is because that's, that's what, he what he was focused on. Yeah, and so as we continue to look at the Book of Acts, we're going to find. Hold on. The book of Acts is not focused on the kingdom. So there, there's a transitional thing that's going on mm-hmm. here that we have to understand clearly. And I believe, and I'm, I'm sure I'll get some heat from people that are way smarter than me. I believe understanding Acts helps you understand the rest of the epistles, Paul's epistles the letters, you know, yeah. to the churches, yeah. the prison epistles and things like that. But they were focused on the kingdom. Yep. The the political, all right, it's time. We spent our three You're gonna years. You're going to do it now? You're going to do it let's now? Let's go. Yeah, let's do it. Jesus is going to go punch the devil and we're done. Like, that's it. And then he says, hey, it's not for you to yep. know. It's not. He what? Said, it is not for you to know the times or seasons that the father has fixed by his own authority. But, and here's where Acts 1 gets really, really good. Yeah. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. I mean, that right there is... To do what? To be his witnesses. Exactly. And that's what he was teaching them the whole time, right? Yeah. Right before that, he said, you're familiar with John who baptized with water. Yep. But I tell you, 
I'm going to introduce you to someone who baptizes with the Spirit. Yeah. And so the Spirit is introduced in terms of the believer's life. Does that mean the Spirit wasn't active? No. During the Gospels? No. Did he indwell believers? Not necessarily. The Bible speaks about him coming, coming on, upon, yeah. coming upon people for specific Certain ministry. individuals at times, yes. And so that's why I think Acts is such a transitional book, because if you, if you read Acts, okay, as prescriptive in terms of, oh, this is what we should do, mm-hmm. you could potentially... You could potentially get your thinking, your theology, how you view the Bible, confused. Mm-hmm. When I really believe, not that Acts isn't prescriptive in some senses, but I think it's more descriptive. In other words, it explains to us what happened. Yeah. What's yeah. happening here? What's prescriptive for the church? Paul's epistles that were written to the church. Mm-hmm. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, Philemon, uh, Corinthians, uh, Romans, First, Second Timothy, First, Second Timothy, Titus. Titus. Yep. Those are more prescriptive for us today. So understanding that Acts is potentially, I believe, it's clear. Honestly, you know, I I'm willing to have a cup of coffee and argue over it. I think it's more transitional and uh. <laughs> Descriptive, in other words, it's explaining to us this is what this happened. Is what happened. This is what happened, and so we have to be really careful. I would say not to hang huge theological um, positions on something that's prescriptive and transitional. Yeah, because if you do, then when you read on later, it might it might get a little confused. That's that's my that's my thought anyway, but. <laughs> Yeah, you know, can you imagine? You're going to receive power when the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you should be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. Well, here's the reality. The disciples didn't go to the uttermost parts of the earth. No. They spent most of their time in a very small radius. And so, again, another thing that's transitional. This is what they were used to for three years. I'm leaving you wait 50 days later this is going to happen here's what i want you to do i, I, mm-hmm. I mean I, they were probably like losing it well and and you read ahead even more uh and when he had he said these things and they were looking on him he was lifted up and a cloud took him out of the sight so jesus is gone poof gone cloud yeah. flies him away uh the heavenly hoover <laughs> <laughs> i love that analogy cool. and while they were gazing into heaven as he went behold they just stood there and and and, uh, and it, two men in white robes appeared and said, men of Galilee, why do you just stand looking into heaven? Why are you just standing here? He told you what to do. Hang out in Jerusalem, preach the gospel, pray. Then the Holy Spirit's coming. Mm-hmm. So he gets sucked up the heavenly Hoover and they're just, uh, yeah, like, wow. wow. I mean, I probably would have, yeah, you know, or fainted. I would love to know how long they were standing there. I, Acts doesn't say. It doesn't, but if you go to uh, Luke. Cause, cause, yeah, I was going to say Matthew or Luke, it says there. And he led them out, uh, the Ascension, Luke chapter 24, verse 50. 
And he led them out as far as Bethany, and he lifted up his hands and blessed them. And it came about that while he was blessing them, was praying for them, <laughs> he parted from them, and they returned to Jerusalem with great joy. So it doesn't give any time. Yeah. But apparently they were standing there for some time for the two to come down and say, hey, guys. Hey, quit standing around. Stand around. Go back to Jerusalem and yeah. do your thing. Yeah. And interesting because then after it says they returned to Jerusalem with great joy and were continually in the temple praising God. Mm-hmm. So they at least did what he said. Well, because uh, Acts says it was a Sabbath day's journey away. So it was at least a day's walk. Well, it was Bethany. Yeah. So Jerusalem and Bethany. Bethany was up on the hill. Yep. Top of the um, mountain. But yeah, I mean, I, I I probably would have done the same thing. <laughs> I'm like, oh, what's going well, on Especially here? when you read Luke's account, the way he, as he was blessing them. So can you can you picture praying on a Sunday morning? Every, all your eyes closed, every head bowed, and you just look up and the pastor's gone. <laughs> yeah, like, what, where'd you go, man? What happened? Did you guys try some new stuff in yeah. your service? <laughs> like, yeah, like a zipline? Zip yeah. Line. Some church I can hear it book. now. Are you trying to be like other churches? Uh, we're really not. We're, yeah. you know, we're not sure what's happening. But I think I think it's a very interesting that, you know, in, you know, he tells them to go back to Jerusalem. Yep. Right? And if you read on, right, it says, uh, verse 12, and they return to Jerusalem. Um from the Mount of Olivet, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day journey away. And when they had entered, they went up to the upper room and they were staying where they were staying. That is okay. So pause for a second. Mm -hmm. What's significant about the upper room before Jesus death, the Passover or the, the last supper, really, they had to have been staying there. Yep. They were staying there before. So we're talking about at least 40 days. Mm -hmm. They were there or using that room. And when they had entered, they went up, they went up to the upper room where they were staying. That is Peter, John, James, Andrew, Philip, Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, James, son of Alphaeus, Simon, and Judas, the son of James. Not Judas. Iscariot. Iscariot, the one who betrayed Jesus. Yes. Listen to this. These all with one mind were continually devoting themselves to prayer. Wait. Along with the women. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Mary, go. and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers, yep. Jesus' brothers. Yep. And I think to myself, man, I at this point, I think when it says, and they were all with one mind, I actually believe that they started to get it at this point. They're probably yeah. like, he actually did. Oh, he, he died. He actually came he actually back. did what he said. He was, and he actually do, said he, and, he left. Yeah. Yeah. He did exactly what he said. He, oh, Oh yeah. We, we should probably do what he says. Yeah. And then, you know, and, and at this time it says, Peter stood up in the midst of the brethren and gathered about 120 people. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't just the 12 disciples. It wasn't just men. It was 120 people of Jesus' close friends, family, men, women, and I probably am guessing some children. I would assume. Yeah. And then 
Peter says this, brethren, the scripture had to be fulfilled, which the Holy Spirit foretold by the mouth of David concerning Judas, who became a guide to those who arrested Jesus. What's he talking about? Great question. <laughs> the prophecy. <clears throat> we need a. Uh, yeah. We need Bible. Psalm chapter one hundred nine. So every yeah. time we're turning music, like- <laughs> Psalm chapter one hundred nine. You ready? Doesn't give a name. Mm-hmm. Appoint a wicked man over him, and let an accuser stand at his right hand when he is judged. Let him come forth guilty. And let his prayer become sin. Let his days be few. Let another take his office. Let the children be fatherless and his wife of a widow. Let the children wander about and beg and let them seek sustenance far from their ruined homes. Okay, hold that for a second. Go back to Acts chapter 1. The script, Verse 16. The scripture had to be fulfilled and foretold by the mouth of David concerning... Judas, mm-hmm. Psalm 109 was told how many years? How many years before the Gospels? Hundreds. 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 Yeah. This is I a mean, prophecy. Yep. David speaks of a prophecy that's been foretold and come to completion through Judas. He was referring to Judas. Mm-hmm. And he says this it was foretold by the mouth of David concerning Jesus, Judas, who began who became a guide to those who arrested Jesus. And they appointed a appoint a wicked man over him and let him and let an accuser stand at his right hand. Mm-hmm. The disciples were very close to Jesus. They were sitting around the table and he said, One of you is going to betray me. Right? Very close to him. Yep. David prescribes or describe describes what happened here in Acts chapter one. Mm-hmm. And then it says, verse 17, for he was accounted among us and received his portion in ministry. This is referring to Luke is talking about Judas. Right. Now, this man acquired a field with the price of his wickedness and falling headlong. He burst open in the middle of all and all his bowels gushed out. This is movie material. <laughs> like this is this is Hollywood stuff. Right oh, here, yeah. Right. And it became known to all those who were living in Jerusalem so that their own language that field was called Hakadama. 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 That is the field of blood. Hold on. Acts chapter one, where it talks about Judas, right? Right. And it talks about a certain field that was acquired and, and this guy fell out. Um, he fell head falling headlong. He burst open in the middle and all his bowels gushed out. Okay. Keep that in mind. Yep. Matthew chapter 24. This is crazy right here. Uh, And Judas, who had betrayed Jesus, saw that he had been condemned. He felt remorse and returned 30 pieces of silver to the chief priests and elders. Yeah, well, too late now, buddy. (laughs) And he said, I have sinned by betraying innocent blood. But they said, what is that to us? That's for you to deal with. And he threw the pieces of silver into the sanctuary, wait, and departed and he went away and hanged himself. Matthew says that Judas hanged himself. Mm-hmm. Acts chapter 1, verse um, 19. 19 says that, 18. no, 18. 18. It says 
that he fell headlong and he burst open in the middle and all his bowels gushed out. So was he hung or did he fall or both? Both. Isn't it interesting how Matthew well, and, and Luke was a doctor. So I kind of trust his account more of as far as I think Matthew just brushed by it. Like, okay, he killed himself. So the idea is this. Yeah. He hung himself. They went to cut him down and he fell and he split in the middle and his bowels gushed out. Mm. It's the same story. Both. It's both. Yeah. Right. Bible is That's what the PG. scholars. No, it is not PG. Well, no, and, and it, no, it's straight. It's like to, man, this guy hung himself, and then he split in half, and he, like guts everywhere. To put yeah. a to put a break on Acts for a second. So Judas betrays Jesus. Yes, and then you just read in Matthew his account of what we would call um, uh, what's the word repentance. Yes. So he he shows repentance, and then he co- commits suicide. No, it says he shows remorse. Remorse, I guess. That's different. Um, So we don't ultimately know if he repented, but he shows remorse and regret. So then you go back to David's prophecy. Yes. About what actually happened to him and his family. And it actually says that he was denied heaven. That's where I was going. Because I knew a lot of people were going to ask that question. Like, where did he go? Um. And so he was denied heaven, but let me ask this just because again, there might be some listeners that aren't believers that may have this question. Yes. It wasn't because of suicide. No. Suicide is not the reason you would get denied from heaven. No. Okay. I wanted, I wanted to put that out there because I think a lot of people, because of his human choices, it was probably too much for him to bear. Yeah. But the reason that David's prophecy came true, and then in Matthew 20, uh, 24 and then Acts chapter 1 was because of his choices. Not his choice to mm-hmm. betray Jesus was the issue, not how he dealt with his remorse because Got he couldn't it. handle it. So I, I just wanted to put that out there because I think a lot of time, and I think it's more in the Catholic realm, I don't know, but I think there's a lot of times when uh, if a believer commits suicide, people think, we don't believe you can lose your salvation. Correct. But people think suicide is one of those things that can cause you to lose your salvation. So the fact that Judas committed suicide, yes, it says he's denied heaven, but it wasn't because of that. It was because he literally betrayed Jesus <laughs> and, and sold him. So <clears throat> I just wanted to throw that out there. Yeah. I mean, if you just if you just read Psalm 109. Yeah. It's like, whoa. <laughs> I will say, I think Judas has been... Of it, in the Gospels, he's been something that's confused me the most, just because then it throws into question a lot of like, okay, well, it was prophesied, so then is it like, was it really, like, did it have to happen that way? Like, did he really have free, tr- you know? Then it gets into like all those weird questions that get really confusing. Well, that's the idea of understanding. I, I'm I'm a firm believer, like to really understand. Jesus to understand the the age that we're in now, the age of the New Testament church, the tribulation. If you don't understand the prophets and why things were called into being by the prophets, the prophets were giving were given by God specific details about future events. Mm-hmm. It wasn't any bearing on the event. It was just the idea that this is going to come to pass. Right. Similar to Joel t- chapter two, 
and Jesus' birth, right? Mm-hmm. And so they weren't they weren't being okay. This is going to happen, and this is the and and this has to happen for for those things to happen. Now that God decided that, mm-hmm. the prophets were just the message bearers, right? They weren't they they didn't have any impact on the message, so to speak. Isaiah, mm-hmm. Ezekiel, Daniel, um, even uh, the Psalms, mm-hmm. and so. If you if you begin to understand the prophets, then all of a sudden you begin to understand the New Testament. Right. The old reveals the new. Right. Right. You know, that's it's a continued story. It's a continued story. Yeah. And and that I think uh one of the biggest benefits of keeping your nose in the book, if you do that and you start studying, mm-hmm. you know, buy yourself a concordance. Go online. I I use online stuff all the time. I do have a lot of books, but like you can figure this out. Yeah. Well, you don't need me really because you got the spirit of God. You you don't need me to explain it to you. I mean, I understand it. I've studied as far as I believe I understand it. (laughs) You You know, there are other people that would disagree with me, but the thing of it is anyone can understand God's word. Why? Because the the spirit of God illuminates. Because of Acts 1.8, you will receive power. That will live inside of and, you. And, and he does that. That's one yeah. of the things, one of the many one, things yeah. he, do, he does. And so we can actually understand this book. Yes. But you got to keep your nose in the book yep. to be able to understand it. And you're going to have questions. And questions are good. Mm-hmm. Like when you read the Bible and you think, well, that doesn't make sense. Don't be discouraged. Yeah. That's actually a good thing. And I would say, keep reading, keep studying, because the Bible will explain itself now. There are things in the Bible that are very difficult to understand. Mm-hmm. But you always have to remember, like you say, we have the Spirit of God. Yeah. He 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 illuminates our minds. He helps us understand. He brings the scripture alive. And so we can begin to look at these this stuff like well, Acts, like, okay, God, what are you what are you doing? Well, and you Lord? said you like when they started praying and it's it's Jesus's family and his mom and the women and on these guys in the room. There's all kinds of people there. They're, they're praying and you said, that's when I think they finally got it. I do. They lived and walked with Jesus for three, three and a half years yep. and they didn't get it and they didn't even have the Holy Spirit. I think they were getting it as from experience, yes. right? They were getting it from being with Jesus, Yeah. right? But I don't think they really truly got it until... I don't think they got it till the Holy Spirit comes. Wait, in the it just next happened. Chapter. He said it was going to happen, and it just happened. Like, yeah. you know, wow, yeah, it was prophesied, and now, now here we are. And I mean, and and we look at Acts, we're like, man, and why in the world does Luke spend one, two, three, four, five, six? Actually, if you look at verse twenty. Mm-hmm. For it is written in the book of Psalms. Yeah. Verse 20 applies to the book of Psalms. Yeah. Let let his homestead be his made desolate and let no man dwell in it. And his office let another man take. Yep. Wait a minute. What does that mean? Well, he was a disciple. That means there was only 11. Yeah. Jesus wanted 12. So they had to bring another dude in. Yep. Right. How do they do that? And then he, and he goes on. It's therefore necessary that one of the men who have accompanied us all the time that the Lord Jesus went in and out among us, beginning with the baptism of John until that day he was taken up from us. Baptism of John, i.e. John the Baptist. Right. Jesus was baptized by John the Baptist. You don't believe me? 
Go back to the gospel. <laughs> get it's in, in the book. It's get in the book. It's in the book. Yeah. And then it says, one of these should be the witness with us of his resurrection. Okay, so this is very important. And the reason it's very important is this. Let me read it again. It is therefore necessary that all of the men who have accompanied us all, at all the time that the Lord Jesus went in and out among us, beginning with the baptism of John until mm-hmm. the day he was taken up from us. One of these should become a witness with us of his resurrection. And they put forward two men, Joseph and Barabbas, who was called Justice and Matthias. Barsabbas, not Barabbas. Barsabbas, sorry. Not, Barsabbas. To, be, not to be confused. Yeah. Barsabbas, my bad. And they prayed and said, Thou, Lord, wilt knowest the hearts of all men. Show which one of these two thou, capital, has chosen to occupy this ministry. And what does that word say? Apostleship. Apostleship. So these guys who were disciples mm-hmm. after Jesus died, one, okay, and this is really important because this is common these days. One of the main uh, proof texts of apostle is he had to have seen Jesus mm-hmm. in the flesh. And that's why Luke prescribed this. Who could be an apostle? So they chose Matthew, yep. the apostle Matthew. They were disciples. After Jesus died, they become apostles. apostles. Yep. Now, nowadays, we have guys who claim to be apostles. Mm-hmm. Well, according to Scripture, one of, one of the characteristics of an apostle is he had to see Jesus. He had to be there from the beginning, too. Be there from the beginning and see him in the flesh. Which... This whole this they're basically electing their elders, their twelve elders, and they this are. this paragraph I think is totally missed in church culture today, because if you look at this, okay, we have twelve elders, so one of our elders cheated us and hung himself and died. Like yeah. that's not common in today's church, but one of your elders leaves or your pastor leaves, and he took the money that he made and bought a field, and yeah. now people that they don't know get buried in it. Yeah, that's what so, the Bible says. Anyway. So. This concept, though, like say a pastor leaves or a youth pastor leaves, yeah. or and and they say no, we need somebody that's been with us from the beginning. In church culture, that's not there. Except I've, our church kind of is, which is uh, awesome. But that's our not church there. is a little bit different that way. Like we, I've been here 20, 20 years. Yeah. Uh, next year it'll be twenty altogether. Yeah, and we're very. Um, Okay, let me say this first. A lot of churches, when they, like you say, they need a new pastor or they need a new They outsource. They go on to whatever. Indeed. Churchstaffing.com or ministryjobs.com or whatever. They're they're all websites, right? Yeah. And they try to find a pastor. Yeah. Okay. And so Acts being transitional, it's helping us. It's descriptive, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And it's describing what how they went about doing things and how they went about choosing things and then later on uh, in Timothy it says well choose someone from among you yeah why would you choose somebody that you don't I, know exactly why would you bring a pastor in that you don't know and he stays 3 years now i know that happens yeah. can god use that yeah 100% i'm not but i'm just saying 
It's, Isn't there wisdom in knowing somebody? Exactly. And we, we and then their faults. We preach, keep your nose in the book, but it seems like one of the biggest decisions churches make, they make on their own accord and not based off what scripture says. Scripture continuously, like here in Acts or Timothy, it says to to choose from among you, choose the elders from among you. Yeah. Uh, I think in Philippians, Paul talks about elders a little bit too. Yes. Choose from among you. And so like we constantly outsource the the main leadership roles. In Why do churches. we do that? Because it's set up like a business. Because the American church is messed up, and I hate it. Even though I work for it and I'm employed by it, let me keep my job, please. But like, <laughs> the, just, just being honest. Just being honest. I think the Westernized American church is not, and we're reading we're reading Acts, so we're not modeled off after the Church of Acts. So how about this? I mean, I, mean, I know we're kind of going down a little bit of a path. Yeah. So. <laughs> 11 disciples. Yep. They needed apparently Matthew was not a disciple well, it, at the time. Well, and you have to go back cuz there was 120 people with them at the time. And so this I don't I think this is a different Matthew cuz mine says Matthias. It was between two yeah. two guys, right? Matthias and uh Barsabbas. Okay, so two guys. Yeah. So they drew lots. Yeah. And then it says the one that and that's why I said capital, thou has chosen. Yep, the one that God chose. Well, obviously, both of those guys were hanging out with him in the upper room. Mm-hmm. They knew Jesus. Mm-hmm. They were probably friends with him, very close friends. Which is another, because we always associate Jesus and the 12 disciples. And I think I mentioned this on one of the other episodes, but like right there, it says there was 120 people in the upper touring room. with Jesus throughout these missions. Not just the 12. His 12 were the ones he focused on. And then beyond that, the three were the ones he focused on. And then John. And John, yeah. The one which whom he loved. Yeah, the one that was closest to him. Written in such a, like, self-preserved way. Yeah, Yeah, and I mean, you know, it does does help us kind of, it, it, it makes us think. Yeah. Okay. Why would we, why would any church for that matter? I've never understood that. I get it a little bit. Because in our culture, um, you have to have a piece of paper. Mm-hmm. And I know this for a fact. Because mm-hmm. I, uh, some years ago, applied to a church, a rather large church, actually. Yeah. And I thought, you know, I really felt like that's what God was leading me to do. Come to find out there were 600 other guys who felt like God was leading them to the same place in the same position, yeah. which is really weird. Yeah. And um, it came down to two people, me and another guy. Mm-hmm. I probably had, at the time, 20 years of experience. I'm, I'm working on 30, so going on 40 years. Wow. Uh, maybe a little bit less, maybe a little bit less than that. Um, and it's like, you know, when I got the phone call that said, hey, uh, we're going to choose this other guy over you. And I was like, well, he's 22 and he has no experience. Mm-hmm. When I had years of experience with college age kids and their response was, well, he has a piece of paper and you don't. Yep. And I thought, okay, number one, I was disappointed. Number two, finally, after collecting my thoughts for two or three days, I realized, well, I guess I'm not supposed to be there. But the more I thought about it, I thought, this is really kind of inconsistent 
with how the church was formed. Mm-hmm. You know, choose some, choose some guys that you know. Hey, there's these two guys that we think would be apostles. Yeah, we're gonna draw lots, and God's gonna make the decision whom thou has decided. Right, the Bible says. Yeah, and so Matthias yeah. was was the guy who got picked to be the apostle, and it, and it gives us kind of a a general guideline like okay they didn't just go to another city mm-hmm. and say hey we need another apostle do you guys want to apply <laughs> fill out our application I, and i get it i understand why we need to do that yeah. i get that i i i totally get that and i and i understand that guys have to be knowledgeable yeah and their character has i get all that i'm not i'm not opposed to that but it's very it 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 does seem to be very uh, or at least create a question. And, and this is going to sound like a very harsh statement, and I don't mean it to, but I think to if you have to outsource spots in ministry, youth pastor, admin pastor, lead pastor, if you have to outsource secretary, whatever it is, if you have to outsource, it's because you're not discipling when you were there, because discipleship isn't actually happening. You should be able to pick from someone from there among you. Absolutely should. God should 100% have somebody qualified in your building. But if you're not investing in people, you're just investing in, and pastors do this, and being the biggest pastor or having the biggest church and growing your numbers, but yeah. your numbers are there, but you're not investing in discipling the people. Well, it it really does depend on what you're focused on, I think, mm-hmm. um, and what you're ministry vision is, what you're trying to accomplish as a church, what you believe God wants you to accomplish as a church based yeah. on the book. Yeah. Um, and I think it makes a difference. Um, I find that here at Rives, we are somewhat unique. Um, Not better. Unique. Yeah. Unique. Yeah. Well, and we're not any. We we're and still struggling in the discipleship area too. We are, 100%. and we know that. And we're you know we're really trying. We got guys put in place now, you know, to try to yeah help us work through like getting people more connected, getting them um, on the path of maturing as mm-hmm. a believer. But you know, I personally would rather work with somebody I know, good and bad, yeah, than try to figure out. Okay, here's this new guy. Is he going to change our vision? Mm-hmm. Um, this is what God. We feel like God wants us to do. Like all the work that our elders have done. Is that going to? Is that for naught? So it makes me a little nervous. Mm-hmm. I would rather pick people that I know that are Which, gifted, and I firmly believe 100. percent When there's a body of believers gathered, God's God put, has given 100. percent God has given that body of believers all the gifts that are needed mm-hmm. to operate a local church. I believe that 100%. And you know what that means? They don't have to be ordained. Mm-hmm. I believe that 100%. Now, yeah. all our guys are. Yeah. And and some of the guys that aren't full-time pastors are. Yeah. And we got guys who are qualified. And the, and the thing of it is, you know, we, we have to, we just have to be very careful. Well, you know, and, and we're I'm, we're not trying to knock other no, churches. No, we're really not. It's just something I've always wrestled with: is why do you why do we outsource such a big position so much? Well, I can tell you, like, there's a I think there's a certain perspective here that I had never really seen before, which is like 
I feel like here at, at, at Rives, at least, there's a sense of like, you're always looking for your replacement, like in a good way. Though, mm-hmm. Where yep. it's like you're always looking for mm-hmm. someone that you can, you can train. Who are you discipling? Yeah. So we'll that, be here forever. Right. No. So that when you're gone or when something happens, like they can step in. Yeah. And that's definitely something that I think, I think I'm even still getting used to. I'm not, <laughs> I can't honestly say I'm hundred percent used to it, but just like, it's a very different mindset. I will say. Well, and I've said from day one, uh, even before, so I grew up in Rives, but I was youth pastor at another church for a couple of years before I got called back home to Rives. Um, but I've said from day one, like my job is to work myself out of a job. A hundred percent. I believe that. And, and when the time is right, God's going to take me somewhere else. Not that I want to leave youth ministry, but yeah, God's going to, and leave. he does that. Yeah. You know, it, it's his church. It's not, not our church. And, yeah. um, I, you know, I now we're given the responsibility of managing it and yeah. doing things that honor him and setting a vision, making things happen, help people grow, creating community, um, helping people understand what it means to reach lost people for Jesus. Mm-hmm. Those are important things, but I can categorically tell you 100%. I am not the only one in this church that can do what I'm doing. Correct. I, I don't believe God limits himself to those things. Yeah. He has chosen to use me at this particular point. You guys, he's using us to do a certain thing at a certain time. Mm-hmm. And as we know, things always change and shift and move. And we have to be okay with what God wants to do. And if we can set ourselves aside long enough to see the bigger picture and 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 just be grateful mm-hmm. for the opportunity that he's given us. Yeah. And I think I mean it shows, you know, in our people. And we got guys now. That like I'm going on vacation. I you know Caleb speaks, and um, we might let Dalton back up there again. I'm not sure. Just teasing. Uh, <laughs> yeah. um, but we got other guys. All yeah. I have to do is make a phone. Hey, can you speak on Sunday? Yeah. And I, I, I just, I just am. I am a firm believer in believing that the Spirit of God has given us gifts and abilities and talents to make the church function. Mm-hmm. And he does that because he chooses to use us, not because he actually needs to, but he chooses to, to be his witness. Like Acts. that's exactly right. And so I think there's churches that the the church functions well, but they're not doing what they're supposed to be doing. And so my question is: Are they actually functioning well? Then no, they look, they appear like what. And we're going to get into this more. We get into Acts. Mm-hmm. Like what is the local church? Like what mm-hmm. is the New Testament church? What's it for? What's what are we supposed to be doing? Why are we doing certain things? Yeah. Why shouldn't we be doing certain things? Why is it that, you know, if you come to us at Rives and say, hey, I want to have a hot tub ministry, we're going to say no. <laughs> no. <laughs> that doesn't fit within the vision and and and, yeah. and scope of what God wants us to do. He wants us to reach people for Jesus. He wants us to witness, be his witnesses, mm-hmm. and he wants us to mature. Read Paul's epistles. Yeah. You have to. So Acts, understanding Acts is so important. And how it transition transitions us from, okay, when Jesus was here, we were talking about the kingdom. We were talking about all this stuff. And that just included Jews. Yeah. We get into Acts, and all of a sudden, it's Samaria. They're Jews and Gentiles? Hold yeah. on a second. What's going on? Yeah. And then the Apostle Paul gets into that about yeah. you know, Jesus being a stumbling stone to the to the Jews and yeah. how he wants to. I, I believe God used Paul for the Gentiles. I mean, that's. And so Acts helps us get into that and we see 
we get to see Saul's transition into Paul and then his imprisonment. It ends with his imprisonment 30 years later. I think Acts spans about 30 years, something yeah. like that, 30, 32 years. But this is an exciting book. And Acts chapter mm-hmm. 1 sets us up, you yeah. know. Yeah, and, and they're in Jerusalem right now. So Acts chapter 1, the disciples are in Jerusalem. Jesus said, wait, the Holy Spirit is going to come to you. I'm going to send him down. It, mm-hmm. It's better that he comes. It's better that I go away than he comes. Mm-hmm. So think about this. They're in the upper room. They're in Jerusalem. They're praying. They're in one mind. They're waiting. They're waiting. They're waiting. They got 50 days. And that takes us to Acts chapter 2 in our next session. Two sessions. Two sessions. Because we got a filler in between. Yeah. So, like, they're waiting 50 days. Yep. Acts chapter 2, we call it Pentecost, Penta, 50, 50 days. Hmm. After Jesus took took off, up. <laughs> the heavenly hoover. They're looking at him. Go back to Jerusalem. They're waiting 50 days in this. And Acts chapter 2 explains this whole cool story Mm -hmm. of the Holy Spirit just blowing through the... I mean, he just blows Mm -hmm. it all out of proportion. Mm -hmm. I mean, he just changes everything. Yeah. And guess what? The Holy Spirit changes everything for the local church. That's why Acts is so important. Anyway, great book. I could talk about it for hours. Oh, it's super exciting. And And that was just a skim code. Just to touch it, yeah. We we didn't even touch it early. So... um, yeah, super great episode. Yep. Just uh, remember that you have the power of the Holy Spirit living inside of you yeah, as a you believer, do. and you have the ability to witness. And yep. don't forget, keep, keep your, your nose, nose in the book. book.